grace, mercy, and peace be in you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Mark, the 10th chapter. A man ran up to Jesus, knelt before Jesus, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Dear friends of Christ, our text today talks about the Ten Commandments, and what do you think about those commandments? And how many of them can you name? You have memorized. Every Christian should. And there's really no excuse. There's only ten. Ten rules that God gives us that that says, I want you to follow these, and and we're such lousy people of God, we take those ten and we don't even recall them to memory the way we should. So many people would have a hard time getting through them. Do you know those ten commandments? Or do they irritate you? kind of bother you like oh those are the things we have to do uh the ten command or do you receive the ten commandments with thanksgiving because they're a guide for us and how to please the lord as we make our way along this life those are fine questions however the most challenging question might be do you know why god gave us the ten commandments Do you know why we have the commandments? And I spend six hours in my adult instruction class talking about this. And my adult instruction classes are all online, by the way. If you go to our website and go to the education tab, go down to adult class, all my instruction videos are there. And of course, you can lead your friends to those videos too, to lead them closer to God. And I answer that question. What must we do to inherit eternal life? Why did God give us the Ten Commandments? And of all the answers, because there's many of them, the simplest one is He gave us the Ten Commandments because He loves us. The commandments are because He loves us. However, the Ten Commandments do not save us. The Ten Commandments are not our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. And so we consider our theme for this morning, Jesus, the cure for the curse. Jesus, the cure for the curse. The Ten Commandments, though, play a prominent position in our Gospel reading today. And we find a man. These five verses from Mark focus on that man. He's called the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. That describes him, doesn't it? I mean, rich, uh, uh, first of all, we we know he has all the ingredients for success in this life. Wealth? Wealth is good. Being rich. He didn't have to settle for second. He's, He's one of those guys who could drive a Ford, but he chose to drive a Ferrari instead, right? He doesn't have to settle for second for anything. And then, not only is he rich, but the Bible says he's young. He doesn't have any wrinkles. His body doesn't hurt. There are no pains. He has his whole life in front of him. And on top of that, he's a ruler. He has authority. People have to listen to him. People have to obey him. He gives the orders. And so here you have a guy that is young. He's rich. And he's a ruler, and he had power. What more could you want? What more could you want in this life? And he comes up to Jesus, and he asks, good teacher, 
Got a question for you. What must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, this guy had every this guy had everything that you could want on earth. He had everything. There was one thing he was lacking, though. And he lacked one important thing. He couldn't buy eternal life. And he thought about that. He thought, you know what? Someday I'm going to die. What's going to happen to my wealth? What's going to happen to my possessions? What's going to happen to me? Smart thinking. This guy's no dummy. And he says, you know what? I think that eternal life isn't something I can purchase with my money. It doesn't seem like that will work. I wish I could, but that's not available. So maybe I can earn it. I want to have eternal life. I want to live forever. I don't want to be destroyed by God. Could he earn it? Can you earn eternal salvation? Do you know the answer to that question? If you don't, continue to listen. The rich young ruler was uncertain. He didn't know. He didn't know about his future. He didn't know if he had eternal life wrapped up or not. He had concerns. He had a great life, but something was missing. Something big was missing. Is something big missing in your life too? Where will you spend eternity? You know, you may have many things. Many things may go, be going very well for you, but is something missing? What about eternal life? What happens when you die? What happens when your children die? Do you have all that wrapped up? Well, the rich, young ruler was not so sure. There was an emptiness in his life, a void, a, a dire deficit. Something troubled him, and it was something that he could not purchase. It was something that he could not buy. What about his immortality? What happens after death? He had concerns. What happens after he died? Would he keep his wealth? Well, he comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And if you've read this text before, if you've studied this lesson, you know, you're quick to judge that question, aren't you, if you're a good Lutheran? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Oh, that's a bad question, you say as a Lutheran. Because you know the error, we don't do anything to have eternal life. Jesus has done it all for us. And as a good Lutheran, you understand that. It's all by the grace of Jesus. It's all by the grace of God. But hey, listen, let's not be so hard on this guy because after all, at least he's concerned about eternal life. Right? At least he's wondering. Most people don't even worry about that in our society today. At least this rich, young ruler came to the right place for help. Came to Jesus for help. And let's at least appreciate his sincerity. Because he wasn't coming to Jesus like so many of the Pharisees did to try to trap Jesus or trick Jesus like they did in last week's text about, you know, what happens when somebody divorces his wife trying to trap Jesus. This rich young man wasn't trying to do that. Wasn't trying to be slick or, or, or silly. He was just, he really wanted to know. It was a sincere question. What do you do to, to inherit eternal life? What do you do? 
in giving that answer, in giving, answering that for somebody, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How would you answer that question? If somebody came up to you and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, how would you answer it? Would you start with the Ten Commandments? I wouldn't. <laughs> Jesus did. He took him straight to the Ten Commandments and he answered the man's question. What must I do to, keep, to have eternal life? Well, do you know your commandments? Well, of course you do. You know them. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud, steal. Honor your father and mother. Do you know these commandments? Was Jesus setting a trap for this guy? Now, the guy wasn't setting a trap for Jesus, but was Jesus setting up a trap for this guy to fail? Setting up a trap so that he would make a confession that's wrong? Was Jesus using the law so that this, this guy would find out inside really how bad he was? Because that's what the law does. That's the main purpose of the law, is to show us our sin. To show us our brokenness. That's what the law does. It reveals sin. It reveals our sin. So we'll flee to Jesus for the curse. I find the curse here so that I go to the cure here. Jesus is the cure for the curse. But I wouldn't know I was cursed except for the law. Do you know your commandments? Have you kept them? Jesus brings up the commandments, and those commandments are a good tool for us too. God gives them because He loves you. Listen, if you keep those commandments, God's going to bless you. Did you know that? If you don't lie, your life will go better for you if you're not a liar. If you don't steal, life will go better for you if you're not a thief. If you keep yourself sexually pure, life will go better for you. If you don't hurt people with your tongue and gossip and grumble and complain, life will go better for you. God will bless you. If you hold God in the highest honor and you worship Him with a true heart, life will go better for you. He will bless you. The commandments are here to guide us, to teach us, to make us walk in His ways. And if you don't challenge authority, things will go better for you. Listen, these commandments are serious business. And God's serious that we obey them. And if you choose to opt out and say, oh, I don't think I need to opt, you know, I don't need to follow those. Those commandments don't need to know them and they really bother me. I'm not even going to take time to learn the ten of them. Just not worth it for me, you see. That's what a lot of people say. They view them as optional, but if they're optional, God will hold you accountable to them. Have you kept all those commandments? The rich young ruler, yeah, he kind of thought he did. He answered Jesus, Teacher, all these commandments I've kept from my youth. Now, 
again, I, that word kept is a kind of a tricky word in the Greek. Again, I think this guy was not claiming to be perfect. I've kept all these from my youth. I don't, I don't think he was saying he has obeyed every commandment. This, this verb to keep has a broader meaning. It can mean to observe. I've observed the commandments since I was a small boy. Have you observed God's commandments since you were young? I have. Have I kept them? No, but I've certainly observed them. And it's a good thing to observe them, isn't it? It's a good thing to learn them. It's a good thing to know them. It's a good thing to observe them. Do you know your commandments? Yes, I know my commandments. I've memorized my commandments. I am a good Lutheran. I know my catechism. I have it memorized. That's what he's saying. The rich man is saying, I am not much different than the Lutheran congregation here this morning. I know my commandments. I have observed those commandments. I know God. I know the rules. I observe them. I take them seriously. Hmm. He takes them seriously. Got to be a good thing, right? Hmm. But he lacked one thing. Hmm. The man lacked one thing. And Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Now, is Jesus here giving a new commandment? This new commandment that you can't get into heaven unless you sell everything that you have. And if you sell everything that you have and you can become completely impoverished, then you can get into heaven. Is that what God's saying? Is that what Jesus is saying? Of course not. Jesus dealing with this man's heart. Talk to the kids about hardness of heart. This guy had a hardness. He had an unbelief. He loved his money. He loved his possessions. And Jesus was exposing his greed. Unforgiven, unbelieving greed. Did he observe the commandments? Sure. But he wasn't. He was broken. He was unwilling to confess the one thing that kept him away from Jesus. What's the one thing that keeps you away from Jesus? It was that one thing that kept him away from Jesus that caused him to turn around because of a hardness of his heart and, and walk away from the Lord. And yet he was very sad. What's your one thing when it comes to following Jesus? What's your point of greatest resistance to God that prevents you from following Him more closely? What's your favorite idol? At what point do you, does your will and God's will clash and collide? What's your one thing? Do you honor all the authorities in your life? Parents, boss, teachers, pastor? Or do you despise them and make fun of them and talk about, bad about them behind their backs? Do you refuse to obey them? How about marriage? Do you keep marriage sexually pure in your heart and your mind? Do you gossip? Do you find satisfaction by hurting people with your tongue? Getting even? 
with your words? Or do you speak well of people and defend them and put the best construction on every word and every act and every deed that they do? It's the way the small catechism says we should. Well, Jesus wants you to think about all that. That's what the Ten Commandments are there for, so that we can assess things, look at ourselves like a mirror. What's going on in here? What's going on with me? What's that one thing in my life that will separate me from God and make me walk away from Him? Jesus wants you to see your sin. He wanted this rich young man to see his sin. He wants me to see my sin. He wants to reveal that sin, not to embarrass you, He wants to reveal that sin not to shame you or to guilt you or to make you feel bad. That's not His goal. He reveals your sin not to drive you, certainly not to drive you away from Him. No, Jesus exposes your sin for a reason that you might repent and confess it and then turn and then come to Him for forgiveness because you see the curse in you And you see the need for the cure. Because Jesus is the cure for the curse. He's the cure for the brokenness in me. And the man needed to see that too. So Jesus uses the law to diagnose us. The law becomes a good thing. He gives us the law because He loves us. Because without the law, I'd never look at myself and say, you know what, I think I'm broken. Most people won't even do that. As a matter of fact, you ask people today, are you going to go to heaven? And they say, well, I certainly will because I'm not that broken. Oh, you're broken. No, I don't think so. No, you're broken. There's no way you can get into heaven. Well, I think there is a way. I think I'm better than other people. Well, then go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you can find your treasure in heaven and come and follow me. There's no confession. There's no faith. There's no brokenness. If we think that we can save ourselves by keeping the law, we will be forced to walk away from Jesus very sad. With a hard heart like the rich young ruler did. He walked away from Jesus. And you know what? Jesus doesn't want you to walk away too. He wants you to acknowledge your sin. He wants you to confess your sin. He wants you to cling to Him, to trust in Him. It's called faith. To see your curse so that you might know the cure. Our text says Jesus looked at this rich young ruler and loved him. It was a tough love though. Jesus revealed his broken heart and let him walk away. It's not easy to do. We don't know what happened to this man. We don't know if he walked away and never came back to Jesus again. We don't know if the law worked in his heart and eventually revealed, you know what, that greed Jesus was talking about, I've got it, I love my possessions and I love my stuff. And I don't have to sell it all. I just simply have to confess it. Jesus, forgive me for my brokenness. 
Did he do that? Did he realize the curse in him so that he could find the cure? We don't know. The story isn't complete. We do know that he lacked one thing. They kept him away from Jesus. What's that one thing that could separate you from salvation? That one thing in your life that you should be thinking about and confessing and repenting and turning away from. That one thing. Don't let that one thing separate you from salvation from God. Draw near to Jesus. Despite your sin, Jesus paid the penalty for that sin. Despite your brokenness, despite the curse, Jesus has paid the price. The nails have been driven. The blood has been shed. The death has happened and the resurrection has happened. And in Christ, He has made you beautiful in His sight. All we need to do is lay it before Him. This is what I am. This is my uncleanness. Take my uncleanness and make me holy. And Jesus does that because He loves you. You can see the Savior's love for you, can't you? I hope you can. And can you see the salvation revealed to you in the cross? I hope you can. Can you answer the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I hope you can. It's free. It's the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. This is what Jesus did for sinners. He forgave them, but we must acknowledge that we are sinners who need to be forgiven. We're broken, and He's the cure. Is the law of God driving you to the cross today? Or like the rich man, are you walking away sad? How much does eternal life cost? Not a penny. So why not come? But it costs Jesus everything. Freely receive the salvation that Jesus is offering you today. Amen.